0: I am standing up here with somebody that has become a friend of mine, a mentor, and uh, a real person that is able to speak into my life. You read his books, I read his books. I've been shaped by this guy, and I was thrilled when he said yes to be here. And uh, I want you to give a huge River Valley welcome to John Maxwell as he brings the word tonight. Thank you very, very much. Wow. Good evening. I am so delighted to be with you today um, and very excited about our time together. And worship was wonderful. Do you have worship like this every week? Oh my God. When you go to heaven, you're going to want to come back on the weekend, aren't you? <laughs> Let's get acquainted. My name's John. I'm your friend. On the count of three, give me your name. One, two, three. Nice to meet you. And I'm so excited to be here with Rob. Um, we've known each other for many, very, many, many years. And I think you know this, but if you don't know this, I'm going to tell you because it's a fact. I travel all around, across the country and um, know a lot of leaders, know a lot of pastors. In all the big churches. And in and, and Rob Kettering, you do understand, don't you? You have one of the very, very finest pastor leaders in the entire country. Absolutely. And, and I love to be with Rob because we get into great leadership conversations. And, and I'm here because of him and our relationships. And, and I'm also here because I thank you. You have become huge in, in helping financially our nonprofit organization to equip. You have you've just stepped up to the plate big time and I'm here because I'm very grateful to that. Um, we, we 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 work on transforming nations and, and We come by the invitation of presidents into countries. We have 22 presidents of countries who have asked us to come in and teach values all across the culture of their country. And and, and so we go and and I I wish I had an hour to tell you all the exciting things that are happening in the area of leadership. I I will just tell you this, that in this last year, we've seen over 120,000 people come to Christ in the business world, in the business world. You know, not, not in the church, in the business world, okay? You know, we're, we're, you know so that's, that's kind of wonderful and, and just terrific. And, and I'm very excited about what I'm going to teach tonight. I'm going to talk to you about four perspectives about possessions, okay? And um, perspectives are, are pretty important because when we, when we, when we think of, of, of how we see people, how we see ourselves, how we see others, how we see life... Um, let me, let me just very quickly give you a, a, just a few perspective principles to kind of launch this. Um, you, you see, how we view things determines really how we do things. And, and so my perspective is everything to me. Um, uh, what you see is, is who you will be. Uh, here's another one. When we change the way that we look at things, the things we look at change. What I believe about life determines how I perceive life, which determines what I receive from life. Perspective is everything. Let me put it this way. If I could have you across the table, it would just be the two of us. And just today, you would say to me, John, talk to me about my life and, and how to get the best out of my life. I would, I would talk to you about that the biggest difference between successful and highly successful people and unsuccessful people is, is how they think. Yeah. Their, their, their perspective And uh, when I entered into the business community, I was 25 years a pastor, but when I committed my life to really writing, speaking, uh, connecting to the business community, wanting them of course to come in faith to Christ, I I began to live with them and I began to ask them questions about God. And very quickly I found, very quickly I discovered that the reason that they didn't have a relationship with God was because they had the wrong picture of God. That their perspective was, was not the right perspective. And, and because of that, they were, they were missing this incredible relationship in life. You see, perspective means everything. Now, that takes us from, from kind of the spiritual world. Let, let me just take a moment and have a little bit of fun with you. Um, let, let, me just, let, me just, let me just share with you the difference in perspective. Let, I'm going to read right now to you uh, from, the, from, from a dog's diary, okay? And I'm going to read you from a dog's diary, and then I'm going to read you from a cat's diary. (laughs) I'm sorry, cat lovers. (laughs) Just want to tell you that in advance. Okay, here's the perspective. Here's how a dog looks at life. 8 a.m., dog food. My favorite thing. 9.30 a.m., a car ride. My favorite thing. 9.40, a walk in the park, my favorite thing. 10.30, got rubbed and petted, my favorite thing. Noon, lunch, my favorite thing. 1 p.m., played in the yard, my favorite thing. 3 p.m., wagged my tail, my favorite thing. 5 p.m., milk bones, my favorite thing. 8 p.m., wow, watch TV with the people. My favorite thing, 11 p.m. sleeping on bed, my favorite thing. Excerpts from a cat's diary. I see the train coming. Day 983 of my captivity. My, my captors continue to taunt me with bizarre little dangling objects. The only thing that keeps me going is my dream of escape. That's the difference between perspective, right there. And I want to just share with you four perspectives that we have a, a, about possessions. And, and I'm going to read now out of the out of the word the story of of the story of the Good Samaritan, where. One day an attorney came up to Jesus and basically asked the question, who's my neighbor? And it's on the, you're going to be able to see it, you know, on the screen. Let's dive right into this because out of this, we're going to, three of the four perspectives we'll get out of this story. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers and they stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. When I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And the expert in law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. In this story, we see three perspectives about possessions. Number one, what's yours is mine and I'm going to take it. That's the perspective of the robber. When, when they saw this man coming down that road to Jericho, they basically said, hey, let's take him, let's speed him up and let's take his possessions. What's, what's yours is mine and, and I, I'm, going to, I'm going to take it. Now, when, when we talk about perspective about possessions, I quickly realized that when we get to this one, what's yours is mine, I'm going to take it. We all kind of sit back and relax a little bit and say, well, pass that one. <laughs> okay, do you have anything else a little deeper? I'm okay here. I, I just want you to know, we, we probably are okay here, but we really aren't that far from this perspective. And the best way I can explain that to you and me is uh, just think of, of, of a toddler, What's yours is mine. And I'm going to take it. In fact, property law from a toddler's perspective is this if I like it, it's mine. If I can take it away from you, it's mine. If I had it a while ago, it's mine. If I say it's mine, it's mine. If it looks like mine, it's mine. If you're having fun with it, it's mine. If you lay your toy down, it's mine. If it's broken, it's yours. <laughs> we, we, we all still have some sinful, selfish, toddler nature within us. And, and in a culture that's very quickly becoming greatly entitled. Trust me, we're not really that far from this perspective, But but we'll go to the second one. The second perspective is common with so many of us. What is mine is mine, and I'm going to keep it. Now, this was the perspective of the priest and the Levite. Jesus tells the story of a priest coming down the road to Jericho, Uh, a Levite come down the road to Jericho, they saw this man, and Jesus is very clear. He wants to make sure that we understand that they saw him. They saw him. In fact, he wants us to know two things. They saw him, and then they went to the other side. They, 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 they saw him, and then they got away from him as far as they possibly could. Right. Yeah. Now, now why, why would they have that kind of a perspective? Why would they have that kind of attitude? Because they, they truly believed that what's mine is mine. It's mine and I'm going to keep it. It's, it's, a, it's a selfish perspective. I have a wonderful friend who was telling me the story recently. He, um, he took his son to McDonald's because his son loved the McDonald's fries. And, and let me just stop here and say, who doesn't? I mean, Hello. I just think when we get to heaven, there'll be some McDonald's fries there. With no calories. <laughs> Supersize that sucker. <laughs> and he took his son, he took his son, and so he got him a pack of fries. And so they sat down at the table and, you know, he's just talking to his boy and they smelling those fries. And when you smell those fries, you just got to have a couple. And he reached over and he got his hands on the fries and he started to pull them out of the pack and his son grabbed his hand, took back the fries and said, and pushed his hand back and said, no, 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 dad, you can't have any of these. These are my fries. And dad looked at his son and he said, John, as a father, this is what I thought. Three things. He doesn't understand where those fries came from. I'm the source of those fries. I'm the one who brought him to McDonald's. I'm the one who went to the counter. I'm the one who paid for those fries. I'm the one that put that pack over there. I'm the the source of those fries. He doesn't understand. I'm the source. He said, secondly, he doesn't understand that I can take those fries from him. With that kind of an attitude, I, I mean, I can just look over and say, hey, if that's the way you're going to be, you're going to be selfish. If, if that's going to be your perspective, here. I can. He, said, he doesn't understand I can take it from And he also, he said, he doesn't understand that if I want to, I can bury him in fries. <laughs> he said, I, I can go over the counter and just say, give me 50 packs of fries, please. Put it in a box. Yeah. And, and I, I can just go over there and I can just, I can dump the, I can, I can bury him in fries. And, and when he was telling me this story and he talked about being buried in fries, I, I kind of lost track of the story. And <laughs> I, I couldn't help myself. I thought, oh, my God, what a way to go. <laughs> oh, wouldn't it be amazing? How did he die? Smothered in fries. And if you try to rescue me, I'll smack you. You understand that, don't you? He said he, said he didn't understand. I can take those fries from him. I can, I can bury he, he doesn't understand that I'm not only the source, but I'm in control. He, does, he doesn't understand these things. And he said, thirdly, he doesn't understand that I don't need his fries. I don't need those fries. I, I can go right back to the counter. Get me a pack of fly, fries. Come over here. And I can sit on my side, and I can eat my fries, and he can eat. I, 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 I don't need his fries. He said, "What bothered me was his attitude, and what really bothered me was all I really wanted to do as a father is share those fries with him." And when he talked to me about that, and he told me this story, I thought, "Oh my gosh, this is this is exactly." where so many of us live with our possessions. Yeah. God gives us our possessions. He gives us these incredible blessings. And, and, then, and then we grab hold of them and act like they're ours. And, and when God wants to kind of participate or share or or, or, or kind of connect or get involved, we, we, we kind of look back and say, "Wait, no, 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 no. Hey, hey, there's some my fries. It's a... It's a, such a prevalent but destructive perspective. What, what's mine is mine, and, and I'm going to keep it. Wow. You know, Proverbs 11, 24 says, A generous man will prosper, and whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. You, you know, selfish people, they cheat themselves. They 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 feel that they're a reservoir instead of a river. And they they begin to hold and 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 have a scarcity mindset and, and begin to think, oh my gosh, I mean, I, yeah, this is mine. And it's it's just a perspective that will never allow you to experience abundance. It it will keep you from all of the incredible blessings that God has for you. So let's go to a third perspective. Now the third perspective, um, this is good. This is good. I, I, I have a feeling that a lot of you are living there and I hope by the end of the evening that, that, um, that, that, that all of you will at least get to level three. The third perspective is what is mine is yours and I'm going to give it. This was the perspective of the Good Samaritan You see, he came down the same road. He saw the same person. But instead of avoiding it and going to the other side, and by the way, the reason selfish people avoid helping others is because it inconveniences them it's It's oh my, if I serve and if I give, and if I, if I stop here I'm going to miss my ap- appointment in Jericho that I had, I'm not going to get to lunch and, and it's going to inconvenience me and, and they all came down the same road they all they hey, they all had the op- same opportunity to help they all had a reason not to help. You, you see when the priest and the Levite looked at the man, they basically said, Well wow, if, if I stop, it'll, it'll, it'll mess my schedule up. The, the, the good Samaritan looked and he said, you know what? If I don't stop, my heart will begin to get indifferent and cold. Wow. And let me tell you something. Selfish people have cold, indifferent hearts. It's kind of like the Samaritan said, "If I don't stop, I know what will happen to him. He'll he'll die." But he was basically also saying, "But you know what? If I don't stop, I know what's going to happen to me." I know that, that my heart is, is going to be calloused and my heart is going to be holding. I know that the next time it will be so easy to, to pass the next need by and, and kind of look the other way. And I, if, I, if I'm not careful, I'm going to get in a pattern here of every time I, I have an opportunity to make a difference, I'm indifferent. Oh my. Every time I have an opportunity to make a difference, I'm indifferent. And so the Good Samaritan basically said to himself, I know this, I'm going to have to turn my phone off. <laughs> oh my. <sighs> Had no idea. And so the Samaritan, little Bible, little Maxwell. The Samaritan said, Hey, I'm, go- I- I'm going to stop. Now, when we look at these first three perspectives, we have to ask ourselves, where-, where am I? What perspective do I have? Do I basically, you know, have the robber, what's yours is mine, I'm going to take it. Or I'm not the robber, but I'm selfish, yeah, yeah. I-, I pretty much say what's mine is mine, I'm going to keep it. Or ha- or have I gotten to the Samaritan's level and basically says no what what's what, what's mine is yours and, and I'm going to give it you know one of the main reasons I'm here is because you're, you're a congregation that live at least in that third perspective what is mine and is is yours and I'm going to give it I, I'm am I'm a recipient and, and and all the people that have received Christ and. And and the 1 million kids that are right now, 1 million kids right now that are having values-based training in the school, not before school, after school, in the school curriculum, those 1 million kids that that are having those values-based training, you know what, The, the, the the only reason they're getting that is because you basically said, well, what is mine is yours, and I'm going to give it. You see, what's amazing about this, this third perspective is that uh, it, when, when you begin to live this kind of a life, you really begin to, um, to bless other people. You, you begin to really expand that, that influence blessing. But, but there's, there's one other perspective. And this is the one that I love to teach. I love to teach this perspective because most people have never learned it, n- maybe never heard it, and, and perhaps don't understand it. And, and there's a higher perspective than just what's mine is yours and, and I'm going to give it. And I think most of us kind of think that's kind of the top level of thinking and attitude about possession. But, but there's a higher one yet. And, and I'm going to give it to you in a moment. Before I give it to you, because this is so exciting. Before I give it to you, look at the person you're sitting beside and say, there's a higher level yet. Go ahead and tell them that. Just tell them <laughs> There's a higher level, yeah. Yeah, that's good. In fact, look, look at him and say, and I expect you to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I expect you to, I expect you to get up there now. Climb up there, okay? I, I, I expect you, that, okay, this, this, this one is huge. Hang on. Fasten your seatbelt, you ready? Here we go. What is mine is not mine. And I'm going to manage it. What's mine is not mine. And I'm going to manage it. This is a, an amazing higher level of perspective. All the stuff in my life, um, it's not mine. It, it, it's not mine. And so if I have it, if it's not mine, then I have to steward it, I have to, I have to manage it. I, I had an incredible mentor. I'll, I'll never forget, I was pastoring in San Diego and um, I was about 33, 34, and it had the 10th most influential church in America. And it was just doing really well and he came out to spend a weekend with me he went to Sunday services and then I'll never forget he said let's go let's go eat and he said we're going to have a long mentorship time and so we went to out to the Brigantine restaurant in and we sat down and he looked at me and said now John let me talk to you about your gifts your spiritual gifts he said you have off the charts spiritual gifts you're, you're incredibly blessed god has given you these gifts and he said you're able to do great things with them you influence people with them and you can build churches with them and, and there's a whole bunch of stuff that you 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 got a you got a pretty high gift mix there and you're just you're just going to be highly successful and he said i just want you to know that when people come to you and say oh my gosh you're amazing john he said i want you to know you're not In fact, he said, let me say something to you. There's nothing amazing about you. I know you well. You're just a sinner saved by God's grace. Clumsy as all get out. There's nothing amazing about you. He said, everything that's amazing about you, John, are your gifts. It's your gifts. And he said, I want you to understand this. The gifts are greater than you. And never get yourself confused with your gifts. And and when people say you're amazing, you can smile and and, and say thank you, but you're not amazing, John. What they're seeing is they're they're getting it confused. They're seeing your gifts and thinking you're amazing. And and the gifts make the things that you do look amazing, but he says you're not amazing at all. And never get it confused anymore. Their gifts are great. You're just John. Huge, huge teaching. We had a 3-hour lunch. It, that took me that long to get it. And he wasn't about to leave until I got it. <laughs> but it it has been my anchor. It has been my north star. And it happens to me because I'm incredibly blessed in places where I go and standing ovations and everybody doing all this wonderful things and they're clapping and they're cheering. And as I walk off every stage, every time, I think of my mentor and I think of what he saw and I thought, they're applauding you, God. They're applauding you. They're not applauding me. I'm just a sinner. It's, it's the gifts. And the gifts get applauded when you use it for others. That's when they get applauded. it's so good to be with you. I'm just loving my teaching. I'm just loving it because you're just responding to it like crazy. But it's not my teaching. It's those gifts. Rob told me before service, he said, he said, John, he said, when we're done, it's got to eat. And I said, that'd be great. And then all of a sudden I thought, I know Rob, that means I pay. So I, I real quickly got checking my pocket out, and I'll tell you what I really need. I need somebody to bring me a hundred dollars because I, if I'm going to have to take. Yes. Yeah. You're kidding! Thank you. You're kidding me. You, know you brought me a hundred dollars. <laughs> are there any others? <laughs> oh, this is, thank you. Thank you. That's huge. My gosh. Okay. Where, where was I? Where was I? Man. Whew. Now, excuse me. I know what you're thinking. What, what just happened there? John says he need a hundred bucks to take Rob out to dinner. Somebody comes up and gives him a hundred bucks. I mean, why did he do that so quickly? You're asking yourself questions like, why didn't I do that? But he just quickly came up and handed $100 to John. Well, let me just say so. Let me, let me help you here for a moment. You have to understand, before the service, <laughs> I gave him $100. <laughs> yeah. I, I gave him a hundred dollars and I asked him that when I asked for a hundred dollars, if he would bring it back to me. You see, the reason he had no problem bringing me the hundred dollars is because he knew something. It wasn't his money. That's why, the, that's why the Word of God says that we return the tithes to this storehouse. That we bring it, it it's it's not our it's not our money. You see, the only people I know that have a hard time with tithing, and the only people I know that have a hard time with offerings and giving, and I know that you've got in a few weeks your your big Sunday miracle offering where you give all those things for missions. The, the only people I know that wrestle God about money or or gifts or time are people that don't understand, it's not yours. What part of a? it's not yours. Do you not understand? It's not yours. If I had a, um, let's say I had a, a, a gift I wanted to, to, to have delivered to somebody. And so I wrapped it up and I, I took it down to, you know, UPS, you know, FedEx, the delivery place. And, and, and I, you know, filled out all the, all the stuff and I handed it to the person and, 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 and expected them obviously to, to deliver it. And the next day I called my friend asked where they got the package. I said, no, no, I've got the package. You, you didn't get the package. Oh my gosh. So I run down to the delivery place. And I go there, I say, do you remember me? And the guy said, oh, yes, yes. He said, you brought in a package. Yes, I did. I brought in a gift last night. I said, um, my, my, my friend didn't get it. And he looks at me and says, oh, I thought it was for me. Oh my gosh. If it wasn't for me, why did you give it to me? I gave it to you because you're the delivery boy. All I am is a delivery boy. I'm a delivery boy for Jesus. That's exactly right. So when I write books, I'm I'm the delivery boy. And when I'm when I'm giving up my offerings, I'm a delivery boy. And, and when I'm using my spiritual gifts, I'm a delivery boy. And, and and hey, when I'm adding value to people, I'm a delivery, I'm a delivery boy. Or a, you're a delivery girl. So keep your hands off of it. Look at your neighbor, boy or girl, whatever they are. Tell them they're the delivery person. Would you tell them that right now? You're the delivery person. My challenge to you is, in, I'm closed. My challenge to you is very simple. My, ch- From this point on, have the fourth perspective of your life. And when you have the fourth perspective of your life, my precious friend, God will only give to you what he knows will flow through you. So be ready. So be ready to be ridiculously blessed, but you're never blessed as long as you hold on to it. The miracle is in the letting go. go. God bless you.